0: Alright guys, what's going on today? We have a little bit of something different for you. Now, we are going to try to keep this series going and get a bunch of the different coaches to come in, both as a big group like this, though uh, I learned a lot and I was challenged by the editing from this, so I did my best and I hope that it comes out sounding really good for you guys. A lot of different uh, microphones and tracks and stuff kind of going on. So it was a fun experience for me in that sense and I hope you guys enjoy our first one with four different guests today. We have a wide ranging conversation that goes from, you know, just kind of stupid and fun with uh, Andy and Mitchell talking about the open. And then uh, we progress into talking a little bit about, you know, integrity and rep ranges and, you know, different mentalities and thoughts to have during workouts, all kinds of other stuff like that. So I hope you guys enjoy this one a little bit longer. We're going to try to uh, cut them down a little bit next few times that we do these and uh, let me know. What you guys think. Thanks. All right. We are here in the coach's office, and it is time for the first one. Andy's got his notepad out. We're here with Coach Mitchell. We're here with Coach Ryan. Rye, the newest intern level one coach at Friendship, is now sitting on the side, unable to talk, so you won't be hearing from him. But we're gonna kick this thing off here, first coaches podcast. So, uh, what are we calling this, Ryan? What do we decide?
1: I think we have decided on calling it because we're in the coaches' room. Calling it coaches'
0: room, uh, or in the coaches' room, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the coaches'
1: room calling the bullpen. Long name. So we should make it longer. Is what you're saying? Is if we keep adding things, it sounds the more, more words, the better it is.
2: Absolutely.
0: All right. Probably. All right, perfect. So uh, first thing is, I want. To hear why we're here today. Why don't you dictate? Because I know this is a big part of uh, your doing
1: here, Ryan. So I think the most basic answer is why not? Why would we not do this? Uh, I've noticed over the past several months that Andy and Mitchell largely unintentionally are really funny. Especially when they're right around each other. And especially when they're saying... Like like verbal insults directed at each other. That it's it's, gold. it's all fun and games, and it's really a waste of humanity if only I hear it, or only me and Rye, or only me, Rye, and you. So that's a waste. So if 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 we can take over the world one insult at a time of them just hammering each other, I think I think we that would be a great thing. Also, there's a lot of stuff that we talk about that I think the average member would be very interested in. And I think that are widely applicable to other gyms that are just like us. So I don't think this is limited to, uh, people who just go to friendship or are familiar with us. I think this is the kind of stuff we're going to talk about is, is shit that happens literally everywhere.
0: I don't, uh, I don't always see this being gym related to, I'm sure we're going to get off on some t- decent tangents here as well. Uh, oh, you pop, know it. pop culture and such um all right so uh mitchell i want to talk first about the thing that's on everybody's mind me beating andy you beating andy all right now we just had the crossfit games open and i want to first discuss what we were feeling when week one came out and it was a tall guy workout week two came out and it was a big guy workout and andy dusts you two zero, and he's sitting with the lead what's going through your
3: mind I'm not going to lie. A little nervous heading in, but I knew. We haven't had any gymnastics. And if you know, <clears throat> Coach Andy on the pull-up bar does not go well. So when I saw when week three came out and we were strict handstand push-ups, game over. Week four, bar muscle-ups, over. And then the last week, just to cap it all off, chest-to-bar pull-ups. It was just like that.
2: I, I fly pretty well on the bar for no, a big guy. Let's be real. Uh, At the BBFT, the big boys fly uh, right. too.
3: Okay. I do all right. But, but let's put it out there. Not the first as good as two you. weeks, he beat me by a total of, what, four reps? the next week i think i'm beating him by 25 so just we're Big putting discrepancy. that out there
2: too. just just for the viewers i'm staring at the the tally on in the coaches room where it just is a, a true three to two tally on the open. And it just is such a sour taste in my mouth. I like that. We've left it up there.
0: Yeah. Like it's going to stay
1: until October. Not a like not, or not dissimilar from like, uh, like the defeat of Spartacus. Remember that? Like, so Jeff knows he's shaking his head cause we're both history nerds. And so for 200 miles, they just crucified everybody in Spartacus's army and left them there as a reminder. And I like that. We basically have the tallies up as basically a reminder, you know, it'll be motivation.
0: Well, and to take that a step further, Andy has to pay a debt, a debt to the community, a debt to society and a debt to Mitchell here soon. And uh, along those same lines, I mean, really, at that point, once the debt is paid, however many photographs we can possibly banner around uh, this facility, really the sky's the limit in terms of reminders.
2: Nothing, nothing You'll would never make me forget happier. happier. Yeah. No, I, I won't forget it, but nothing would make me happier than for a fat head to be produced of this. Oh, I can make Just that to happen. like constantly <laughs> put it in the corner of the gym for me to look at. So when I'm hunched over on my knees and coach Mitchell's coaching, he's just like, look at that fat head right there. Look at that. Justin Timberlake. It's going to be May meme, which happens about four times a
3: week. If you guys didn't know. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Gosh, uh, Mitchell,
1: you have such a face for podcasts. I love that we're here for this right now. This is great. What does your What does your wife say? Like when you had to tell her, she wasn't here. She said no. She, was, she still thinks it's not happening. She, she just? It's just plausible. Oh, it's happening. Like she well, thinks she won't really well, do it.
2: Her big thing was: we have so many weddings this year. You can't do I that. I love it. I love that. So I convinced her it's going to be out, which I, it has to be. It needs to be washout. I told you one week. That's all yeah, you need. One week. But the other thing that I tried to say was that um, Mitchell had to do it himself. Like, I want to put my head in his lap, lean backwards like in a barbershop and have him just apply each strand of dye to my hair through, through a cap, whatever it takes, It was either that or we have to get Jackie Fitzsimmons in here because she's a true professional.
0: I was going to say, yeah, we either go as recreational and amateur as possible, which I think has value in a bathtub. Yeah, just absolutely like totally indiscriminate. Like some of the tips are really longly dyed, like halfway down the hair. (laughs) Other of them are like just the tip. And then it's (laughs) It's, like only half your head is covered and then the other half kind of isn't. Yeah. But Jackie's probably the better bet. If you're going to just take a little trim or wash it out and have some sort of a plan
3: with
2: that, I feel like she's the, the one to go to. Well, this is a call to action for Mrs. Fitzsimmons. So
3: if I was going to lose, uses. I was going to make sure I was going to do it right. I was going to have her do it and I was going to make it look real good. But then I knew once we started getting a little gymnastic, it, it didn't matter. So even, even better
2: it. is that I have the haircut plan for tomorrow the, the 30th. So we're going to come in with a fresh cut and then just top it off with some nice I don't end. know if that's a good idea.
0: Uh, the, uh, so let's kind of talk a little bit about, you know, Ryan, if you had to guess, let's say, let's say I program a hundred class workouts and you put these two head to head against each other. How many are you taking Andy in? How many are you taking Mitchell in? So
1: if you're programming them, it's, it's going to be 50, 50. Cause I, I think I've known you long enough that you're going to, you're going to purposely keep it really interesting for everybody. So there's going to be some that are really bent towards one or the other, and they're just brutally smoke each other. So it'll be a max clean thing and Andy will win, or it'll be straight gymnastics and Mitchell will destroy him or some long grinder and Mitchell will destroy Andy. However, there's some things I think (sighs) that's really hard to say. All things being equal, having watched both of them exercise a lot, it's okay. You won't I'd hurt say, my feelings. Yeah. I'd say it's 60 40 Mitchell because Mitchell is built for, he's built better for this sport. So So, you guys have really distinct advantages at certain things, just like I do. But then there's really distinct disadvantages when you're at one extreme of the, like the height and weight scale. So, I think. Relative to size, there's not a big strength and skill discrepancy because so you can both walk on your hands, you can both do ring muscle ups, you can both do high skill and things. Andy can kind of do ring muscle ups, but he can. Like if you think about a 225 pound guy, he's actually really good at them. Mate, so but, and, I and think, again, there's things you're very efficient. Yeah, in I agree
3: with yeah. Compared
1: to what We'd I'm very efficient make a great team in. though because
3: we're pretty opposite when it comes to strength and weaknesses. I think in yeah. like a comp- like a two yeah. person well, that's competition,
2: you guys are a terrifying. At team. the end of the open, I, I told you straight up, I said I no longer want to compete yeah. against you. I want to compete with you because I think that's what became so apparent. Um,
0: hey, but that's the Kevin Durant. Uh, that's just the taken.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah, beat I can't you. I just so want to be on to combine the team forces. with you. Well, when um, we tested the master's workouts. I was going to say I Sunday, smoked you in every one. Yeah, but we were partners and we just ran train on Omar and coach Eric. That's true. Cause we were pretty good. We we're pretty opposite. We, yeah, we did. We doing actually doing. played just off each what other I very would, well. I
1: think what we should do, what would be really fun is you guys only now compete as a team and and people have to knock you off the block. Ooh. Oh, yeah. So what we might even have to do is go back back really old school and you guys have to knock like the boss and Chris Sansbury off oh, the block. Oh, hell no. That would, be, that would be a fun one. But again, we'd have to
3: Jeff's find- someone washed up. So he he, he would come cool. in hot. That's just true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's, all, he's working out one day a week. He's watching. He still kicks but my that, ass. But down. that's the thing. Yeah. And there's so many offshooting conversations off this, but- I think Jeff would come in ready to ready to go. I mean, those two together, they have such a a competitive background together. Um, That's like one of those things. It's like, you know, the famous couples, the a
1: lot of repetitions, repetition You would win. I'm saying that <laughs> I would very much like to watch. And I think everybody who belongs at the gym would very much like to watch that. I'm, that's all I'm saying. But you guys together would be great. I think to re- answer your question, I think 60, 40 Mitchell, I think it's not as skewed as people tend to think, but there's enough of a difference. Um Just because I think Mitchell works also on skills more. Like, so Mitchell puts in work. And he's also a dad and I'm not, so. Right, he's also, he's also eight years younger. Like, there's a couple oh, things no, that Mitchell, come in secondary, secondary is, factors. Your life is
3: pretty stressful right now. You think?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the coach. What does he got? Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's like. Sleeping 12 hours a day, living at home. He does he, he does food. He does have I'm, to travel on food. private
0: jets to go and see his brothers lacrosse <laughs> games. So there's there is always that that's that's just a rough
2: life. It has to figure out what next new pair of shoes to buy. I mean he had it's to do the open one.
0: like a day earlier that week and he still beat you. I he mean because because, because of the, the private it. jet thing. So um well and so yeah, I mean I think I take Mitchell, you know, 65 35 on workouts. I think if we go the the bigger thing though is is Andy has a couple things that are so far beyond Mitchell like beyond lifetime capabilities of Mitchell like Mitchell might never snatch 260
3: no probably not uh, i i snatched 275s in my dream one day yeah but i don't think that's ever going to happen yeah
0: it's i mean you'd have to you'd have to beef up a little bit so so we'll give him we'll give him the w on the workouts but why don't you tell him what we were talking about yesterday about t-shirts and Mitchell
1: Oh, you and I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Ryan, and I've talked about this, too, um, that Mitchell likes shirts that fit a little looser. So we were talking, we were having an apparel, a very heterosexual apparel conversation on our way back from this talk that we went to uh, and just talking about different people's shirt preferences. And Mitchell came up in the sense that he does like shirts. He doesn't like shirts that are overly flattering. Like Mitchell's a strong guy, real strong. But but not he, that big of a guy, though. But not <laughs> that, Yes, yeah, yeah, as we would say, it's just not that big of a guy. You know what I mean? You know? Well, we were talking about this in the
0: context. of We saw one of the other athletes that competed against you guys at the Arnold, and he looks jacked. He's and jacked. he's like 6'3", <laughs> had this big woodsman beard, and is filling out shirts. Now, Mitchell's going to beat that guy 98 out of 100 workouts, but this guy looks the part. And he has this like deep bassy voice. That's like super intimidating. And, uh, and so Ryan and I are walking back. It's like, you know, he goes, I was watching the heat and you're like watching these guys. And I, and I look over and I look at Eric and Mitchell and I'm like, I mean, you guys are studs. You are strong kids, but like, you guys really just don't look like it.
3: Sneaky it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's All show, no go. <laughs> I think
1: so... <clears throat> They're both really interesting examples of this. Is they're so strong. Like Eric is so strong relative to his size. It's crazy. But if you look at him, not that big of a guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just not not super cut up. You know, I mean, out. he's a good shape. You know, but like he just looks like he's fit. He's like Ben Smith. He looks like he's fit. But you're not like Jack. Like you know, what like I mean? a true American man. I built this house with my bare hands and brawn. This he's cat got that weird. we saw. Yeah, this cat we saw yesterday. If you're, you see him in a bar and you both see the, the same girl at the same time, like for me, forget it, leave, go home, get in oh, your car, because you have no, no chance because this guy you just was, need built an like talk. A, was built like Adonis talked like, like, I can't even do it. Like I don't even have the physical capacity to talk Only to Only like Jeff him. and I can He's get that He's got the big long. beard. He's jacked. You know what I mean? It's it just, there, there's sometimes you just have to say, well, all right, maybe another day.
0: Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll shoot. Yeah. Uh, try some other things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Got to go see more. Darwinism
1: there.
2: at its finest right there. Um, Literally. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, um, so let's switch gears. Enough talk about Mitchell and Andy. That conversation is now postponed until we have better photographs of Andy's hair mm-hmm. and uh, another subset of uh, skills upcoming in what seems to be October, but who knows at this point. So let's talk about kind of what we've talked about doing a little bit in October for the open, which is a potential team Andy versus team Mitchell where we do a little intramural style. We switch it up a little bit, give a little different data points. It's not just score, but we do some, uh, you know, participation, some pride, some, uh, you know, you guys can organize some different team t-shirts Ooh, some different yeah. things. Yeah. Along I think that's the draw
2: right there. We talked about coaches t-shirts for that stuff.
0: Yeah. And we could do open workouts even, uh, as team workouts, essentially yeah. like we could pair those up and, We could have people do duo open workouts, which I always thought would be a really fun way to take on the open. And what'll be cool about that is like, we don't necessarily need to, you know, if we do this the right way, you don't need to sign up at CrossFitGames.com, which honestly is just donating $20 to, you know, Matt Frazier at this point. Um, and (laughs) so so to the media team, yeah, just uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, so you, you donate that money. But instead, you know, we can, if you take that out, it's like we don't necessarily need to be judged. We don't need to stick to their rules or their standards. We can kind of do our own thing. And when, when we take that approach, then we have a lot of capabilities for the October Open. So I know that's something we've talked about. Uh, what's your guys' big thing? Like, what do you guys see now that the Open's kind of changed? Like Mitchell, what do you think about uh, upcoming Opens and maybe even Team Series or just like competitive future?
3: Um, you know, at, th- at first, I think like everyone, I think when it first came out, people lost their minds. People were like, this is never going to work. And I think I was telling this to Ryan the other day, the more it's kind of picked up steam and we've kind of seen it play out, I think I think it's great. I mean, I think the Open this year was no different than it has been in the past. I think people thought it was going to be some new invention and it wasn't. I think it was great. I think like the sanctionals, I think once we've seen those play out, I think those are awesome. I still think... The, the competition is as good as it has been. I think the opening was just as fun this year as it has been in the past, and I expect October to be even more fun. Like, I don't expect much of that to change. And I think people thought it would, but it really didn't.
2: And so that's a really good point because uh, to, to echo what you said, it was interesting to see Everyone's reaction to the changes. But in as a whole, I think it's been really good for like CrossFit community in general, just moving a little bit further away from the elitism of the sport, making it like just more fun. People can just focus on coming in. And, and really what the open's all about is, is putting that fitness to the test and getting your first bar muscle up, getting your first string of double unders together and really trying hard there. So I thought that was awesome. I I appreciate that that's become more competitive and it's, it's much more exclusive in that terms. Uh, And I think that's what we saw in the workouts this year. And just like the strict handstand pushup coming out um, just a lot more high level gymnastics movements. So I I was, I was stoked for it. It was a lot of fun, even though I got whooped, but
0: yeah, I like the fact that they changed the leaderboard a little bit. I, I didn't like the fact that, you know, over the years, um, you know, they've, they've had different ranking structures. So it used to be, you could sort by you know, just the central East, you know, and then that kind of stayed for a while, but then it became like, okay, but you're competing in the central regional and, you know, then you could sort by state and then you could do this and you could do that. And what we found over the years is people just started saying like, you know, just creating arbitrary goals. They were just like, I want to be top 50 in the state for, you know, people with over six foot <laughs> at, on, you know, in Ohio and under 35. And I have, I have sorted that before. And I go, Oh, look at that. I'm third. That's pretty cool. You just keep, just keep (laughs) whittling it down down until you're, uh, until you're down to like the lowest common denominator. But we started to find that people started to set like goals based on, you know, I want to finish, you know, top 250 in the region. I want to finish top a thousand in the region. I want to finish top 10,000 in the world. There's like these random things. It's like, that is so far out of your control. It's not even really measurable in any way. And so what we started to find then is you kind of set yourself up a little bit for disappointment or it's like, you might not have actually even gotten better, you know, measurably, but enough people maybe just didn't sign up for the open this year that were more competitive than you or whatever. There's a million different factors with that. So this year that kind of got taken out and I didn't hear really anybody outside of maybe some of the age group people talk about it too much. And it was really just, uh, yeah. You know, hey, I'm here for me. I have my own goals. I want to hit this. I want to try to get my first bar muscle up. I want to try to get my first strict handstand push up. I want to try to do some of these different things. And really, I saw a much more internal drive and an internal focus this year, which was really cool for me because obviously we've seen gigantic ebbs and flows. Uh, This was my what tenth open? What open was this? The ninth open?
3: Yeah. What I think yeah, the ninth yeah, open I, yeah.
0: ever. Uh, And so it's like you've been kind of through every different stretch. It's like, okay, we have multiple games athletes here hitting these workouts. It is a crazy atmosphere. And we have one hundred and fifty people signed up all the way to, you know, we have 30 people signed up and they're very individually focused. And, you know, most likely nobody's going to make the games this year. And so it's, you know, I liked this year just because the leaderboard changes allowed for people to focus more on what they were doing as opposed to other people.
1: So that's an interesting question. It You've seen the entire spectrum. So you're the only one of all of us who've seen all of them, right? Um, so what do you like more? Now, obviously a lot of those, you were in the competitive sphere. So the open was much more meaning for you, meaningful for you maybe than it was this time. But what's more fun in terms of the gym atmosphere? Is it more fun where everybody's doing it, but people are like, where there's really stuff on the line, you know, where people are crazy competitive and they put in a year's worth of work or, or more, or a little more this year, where you have a, a handful of people who can move on in the age group things, but for the most part, it's we're all kind of looking them at them as is what it's meant to be. It's just tests, tests of your fitness. Do it meant to expose your flaws?
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of a it's a weird question. You know, each year there were things that were exciting for me, and each each year there were things that were frustrating. Uh, you know, there were a couple people over the years that decided to do the RX division, right? Once the, the scaled division had come out, they decided to do that. And, you know, they signed up for a heat and they kind of passed under the radar and not a lot of people may be focused on them. Uh, But in my opinion, I watched every one of their reps and I thought they were doing amazing things. It's like, that was their first ever TOTA bar. They'd never even tried one before and they were getting that. And the people weren't, they were sort of doing it under the radar. It's really two people specifically that come to mind. And for me, that was always like so cool to watch that that was just going on. This person was having these major internal victories that I was maybe celebrating with them privately, but they left the gym on a Saturday and nobody else knew and nobody in their life knew. But I just thought that that was, that was something I loved. So when they created the scale division, which they didn't used to have that, the first four opens, they didn't have a scale division. And so when they created that, that was an awesome game changer, uh, because I think that it gave people something to strive for either. I'm going to do it all scaled and I'm really going to push myself. Like we watched Doug this year, he did all scaled versions and like, dude, that sucks. It's like so hard. Those workouts are so much harder scaled. A lot of them because it's like have no reason to slow down. A lot of times, like he's finishing all the workouts where it's like, hey, we get a tap out after like eight or twelve minutes. You know, it's just like a lot shorter. Which
2: I, I feel like this is a good time to say that we need to get Doug a super soaker with the gr- oh yeah with, for with sure the simple green to just yeah. clean up his mess. That poor we were guy working
0: out side by side the other day and it was like you like like, started to really see it where it's like uh, times here. It's like Summer and time. then we, the coach made us move like three different spots and I go, dude, every time you make us move have to wipe down a whole nother area. You got to stop that. Like I just don't want to wipe down one area at the end of my class and not waste an entire spray bottle. But yeah, the super soaker frame is going to be great. Uh, so I've really enjoyed watching that, but the, the atmosphere more generally I found, uh, is kind of a catch 22 when we were the most competitive. I think it had, um, a really, really cool atmosphere when, from a spectator perspective, when, you know, the one that really sticks out was that same squat, clean, toe bar workout that we did this year. We redid this year. That one live, uh, everybody did one and done on our whole team. And we finished, I think, fifth in the world. And so the atmosphere in the gym that day, that Saturday, when it was Chris Sansberry, John Sansberry, uh, and Maria going at the same time, and they each made the last bar, and they each hit lifts on the last bar, which was at the time I think a 10 pound PR for Maria. And watching that like vibe, I mean, it was electric. When when you know when Chris stepped up to his first 315, when John stepped up to his first 315, um, you know, it was just the energy given off by the community to get these guys to stand up that bar at the end of that workout, which is painful, very painful uh is was was probably the height but at the same time as a gym owner as excited as i am about that because we had spent we had really dedicated an obnoxious amount of hours to training that year and as excited as you are about how well you did you're also consoling people who maybe had unrealistic expectations for that workout to hit a pr squat clean in the middle of that workout which maria did right but i would say she's probably one of maybe the half of 1% that was capable of that at the time and she's probably capable of more than that fresh also um so you know you're you're kind of dealing with both is the more energy and the more positive uh the competitive group was the more the aspirations to also be you know up at that level or maybe the uh the expectations for people who are maybe younger in their career that, you know, thought that they had earned getting to that level, uh, had to be a little bit, uh, you know, from a coaching and owner perspective, I had to deal with a lot of letdown, I guess, if that makes sense. I had to deal with a lot of, um, you know, what people deemed as personal failures, even though I was excited for them, they ultimately just felt unfulfilled by that. And that was sort of the overwhelming theme of the open, And if you talk to Jenny or you talk to Grant or you talk to Jay or people who were around for a lot of those early opens uh, with me, that stuff got really hard for a few years dealing with that um, just because it was really hard to take any enjoyment out of the open at all because it was so filled with disappointment for so many people. And I thought that wasn't really the spirit of it. You know, I thought that the spirit of it was supposed to be more fun, more communal, more energy given. Uh, and really the thing that I love about the open more than anything is you get to really see the sum of your work for the year. You know, it's, uh, Chris or, uh, Ryan, uh, Taylor always used to say, um, you know, it's the great separator. It's the truth giver, right? It's the, you know, Hey, we're, did you train your ass off in the gym for the hour, hour and a half of the day, but then go home, eat pizza, go to bed at 2am and sleep for four hours, you know?
3: have a few white monsters,
0: (laughs) have a few white monsters, uh, you know, or were you dialed in across the board? You know, did you go to the track on Sundays? Like there was a bunch of things that we did, you know, I was getting massages every single week, you know, seeing the chiropractor every single week, going to the track on Saturday evenings and Sunday evenings, Ron every night eating perfectly, you know, eight to 10 hours of sleep. And it was just, it was clockwork. And it's a lot of that stuff that nobody sees that ultimately puts you ahead And then that leads people to start feeling like, but I come in and I work really hard. I work as hard as anybody, you know, I come in, I bust my ass, I I make it five to six days a week. And it's like, you know, yeah, but there's more than that. And, you know, we start to see that in the open. And then, you know, we see it as coaches also here sometimes is sometimes the intention of a competitor is different than the intention of somebody who's maybe, you know, just coming in, hitting class stuff. And it's a difference. It's a different and you know, mentality for things. And Andy, I know you have some thoughts on that.
2: Yeah. I I think that there's kind of speaking to, um, you know, what's not being seen. There's a lot of integrity in the sport, I think. And, and what you end up seeing is the integrity that is put into your workouts week to week, hour to hour, day to day, and what you're doing in the class environment pay off in the open. Uh, you know when someone's there judging you, and that's part of the reason why too. You know besides just the encouragement and the atmosphere it creates when we run heats in class leading up to the open is to get used to someone looking at you and judging you and being hypercritical of your movement. Um, but you know I think us as coaches we we see that more often. We're there surveying the room, and, you know we're we're there realizing when people are moving on through movements and and seeing that lack of integrity there, and sometimes that ends up bleeding into those open performances where you would expect someone to perform or come and participate and they maybe don't,
1: or, you know, you just don't see them perform as such or as expected. So I think that brings an interesting question of, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that if you continually short workouts throughout the course of a given year, you don't come in and bring a hundred percent effort for whatever, whatever is behind that. I think that brings the question of why, right? Because obviously that's going to, when it does matter, if you're going to do the open, you're in a public setting where someone else is counting your reps, looking at your range of motion. If you play games with shorting reps or shorting range of motion or doing anything like that throughout the course of the year, it is going to come back. show, and it's going to show in a very obvious way. So then the natural question becomes, what is the motivation do you think to do that? Because clearly it's something we've all seen. And so it's not something that we as a coaching staff make a big deal about. Like we're not going to necessarily always call people out, but we can tell it's not, it's not hard to figure it out. So my question to you guys is, what do you think in the athlete's mindset is causing that? What's the root cause of shorting reps. I kind of view it as three different scenarios.
2: There's, there's the pissing contest scenario where, where you're there to kind of flex on everyone day to day for some reason. Uh, there's the true, I'm going as hard as I can. I have no oxygen going to my brain and I cannot count for myself, right? There's those two. Uh, and then I just think too, that there's just that lack of understanding, of pushing yourself to that limit and what that's doing for your total fitness. So like just giving up on rep 12 when it's, there's 15, as programmed. And you're just like, "Eh, that feels pretty good. And I'm just not going to push it any harder because I feel like I'm already working to the ends of my limits here. Um, so, and that's, those are the kind of three scenarios I, I find. And
3: I think for some people too, it's, it becomes as like I know I talked to someone who first started and they, you know, they didn't do as well in the workout and they finished like last in the class and they felt embarrassed. And I think that happens to some people and they never want to feel that again. So maybe they're like, oh, these people around me are doing, you know, they're faster than I am. So I'm going to stop here. And then that way I'm done and I don't have to be the last one done. I think for a lot of people, they get, you know, they get embarrassed and they don't want that to happen to them. So,
0: yeah. And I think that one's the most, the biggest one that I can empathize with. It's like, I I totally get that. And obviously we talk a lot about as coaches, we should be doing our job for people like that to scale them into a rep range where they should feel like they are, uh, you know, set up for the same success with the same workout as if they're doing it, you know, next to Mitchell is, you know, day one guy and you know, maybe they're going to do, you know, a 10 pound wall ball to nine feet and they're going to do 20 reps, whereas Mitchell's going to do a 20 pounder to 10 feet. He's going to do 40 reps. And, you know, if we scale that, if we do our job as coaches and we do scale that appropriately, they should both be getting done at the wall balls, probably somewhere around the same amount of time. Or maybe that person gets done a little bit faster because they're maybe going to have to take a little bit, you know, longer transition, catch their breath a little bit, take a knee, you know, whereas Mitchell, you know, special, yeah, he's, he's going to turn around and go right away. <laughs> he well, upside
2: down huffing and puffing between my knees. <laughs> and so, you know, honestly, I think
0: it's an interesting conversation with Mitchell here and I don't know if he remembers, but Mitchell had an issue with this when he first came over. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. so he came from another gym and that other gym was following cop train and You had a lot of guys that loved like to compete. And I think there was just a different vibe. You didn't have a set of coaching eyes on you all the time. Right No, not at all. And so then you sort of develop this, you know, it's, it is, it's like Andy said, it's, it's like, it's like coxsmanship, you know, it's uh, you start to see, you know, there's a little bit of pride taken in, in that scenario, especially of, you know, who wins, who wins, who finishes first, who calls time. Right. and, and it, I think it was an interesting time. Mitchell came over into into friendship at a very interesting time, where we had really started like personal development and a big push for hashtag honesty, integrity, right? And so this was a you know obviously a Chris Sansbury thing and a John Sansbury thing, and they had really started to you know push people to have a high degree of integrity in their movement, in their intention, and in their workouts trying to get at that understanding you know, at the time we were doing skulls and we were doing some of these workouts that were really, really hard. And sometimes people were just looking for mercy is what I think, right? Is they're just looking like, all right, man, this is, I'm, I am done. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call it a Saturday and yeah, go lick my wounds and have some pizza and call it a night. And, but you know, we knew, and I think as coaches, the thing that frustrates us about this is we know that, if you have the right intention and you complete all the reps, then you really don't need a lot of extra work. If you do all the other intangible stuff, right? 45 minutes of hard work, four to five days a week doing all the other intangible stuff, right? Like you're good to go. But if I program 300, and we were talking about this yesterday, if I program 350 reps for class, right? And let's just keep it real broad. If I program 350 reps, and maybe I you know, shave a few off here or there. Maybe I don't do the last set of strength because I'm getting tired. And maybe I you know, cut it a little bit short on the MRAP and whatever. And I only knock out 287 reps, right? And I do that every day, day over day, week over week, month over month. And I accumulate less total reps than Mitchell right next to me who completes every single rep. That compiles into a massive difference at the end of the year. And so what we see then for a lot of people is there'll be people who are, you know, shaving reps out of class or maybe not hitting it with the right purpose or the right intention. And then they'll say stuff like, well, I just need extra work or I'm starting (laughs) to look up, you know, all these, like, I want to do an Olympic lifting program or I want to do, you know, accessory, this, that, and the other. And I need to start doing that. And it's like, well, let's dial in the basics first. Let's hit every rep of every class as prescribed and make sure that our nutrition's dialed in because that alone is really, really freaking hard for 99.9999% of people.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I was thinking, so when I coached high school across, I always used to tell my kids this. I said, you're going to show up to practice, and some kids would get mad if they didn't play, and they'd show up to practice, and they'd half you know, the drills, and we'd work on stick work, and they wouldn't do it, and then they'd get mad if they wouldn't play, or they didn't score five goals. And I said, well, ask yourself, when you go to practice every day, we spend this amount of time, are you putting forth the full effort? And then if that's not the case, then you can't get mad, Same thing when you show up to game day and you can't produce, or if you get to the open, you can't get mad because you can't do this. Then you got to honestly ask yourself. And I think a lot of people, like Jeff said, you show up to class, you hit it hard four or five times a week. That's plenty for 95% of the people in the gym.
1: Well, if you think about it, like you as the example, like, look how much fitter you are now but you're also a pillar of integrity. Like you're doing all the work you're put. you're, you're very consistent. Like you're very dialed in with your lifestyle and it reflects in your, your performance day to day. And I think the thing that I always wonder about, like with, with people who have a hard time who sometimes, as we say, forget what number they're on um, is even if you finish first, does it really make you feel good? Like when you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, I smoked everybody today. Well, yeah, you didn't do all the fucking reps. Yeah, you does, smoked everybody. Does anyone
3: even remember what, what what place you finished in the workout last week? No. No. You don't even know what or you yesterday. did on Tuesday of the week. I could scroll back yeah. and be on the whiteboard,
1: though. Sure.
2: Then I could look at it and yeah, take your, a screenshot. Your name would be below it, mine so on every single to one. To me,
1: that's, that's like a special kind of that's, – that's a crazy thing. If If what you're doing is trying to get a particular time or a particular score so that when other people who you may or may not even know – look at an an app like so it's not real they just see your name like that's to me like if you think about it if you stop and think about it it is the height of absurdity like it's crazy
0: it's not i mean it's not crazy though if you think about it in terms of you know just where we're at in terms of you know a lot of things are currently right now in society are we're doing to make other people please other people yeah, make other people that's what yeah. it's that's what it's yeah, exactly. based on yeah it's it's yeah like we're we're doing this for likes from some girl in new york that that owns some bagel shop that mitchell's for mitchell that mitchell's <laughs> never met God, before really you wish- know that's who he's doing it for <laughs> i is. really
2: hope she dms you i'm gonna keep hammering it until she reaches out well and so
0: it's like so i think that that's what a lot of this gets back to is you know it's a the the app you know that dopamine hit you know you pull up the, the beyond the whiteboard for the day you click and this is happening now i mean i'm guilty of it too now i'm not shaving reps but there are multiple times where i'm like man i freaking killed today i felt awesome yeah, i'm gonna just go
2: you wait for me to put my score and you just say i can't wait to see how much i beat andy by
0: yeah three or four minutes that one wall ball day was really <laughs> three or bad four um, well, well but then then you get then you get the huge humble of you scroll down and you're like I smoked that and K money beat me by a minute. Yeah, that's like, incredible. like yeah. damn it. And so, but, you know, uh, use the right way, you know, uh, understanding kind of where that's at. You have to think about it as w- back to what Mitchell was saying is, you know, where's my greatest opportunity? You're already spending the hour here. So your greatest opportunity is to more maximize that hour, right? Are you getting as much out of the group class as you possibly can? Right, and that's step one because you're already spending the hour. Whether you dog it and you cut reps, or you come in and you maximize every single repetition from warm up to the end of class, it's still one hour, right? And so the people who are going to be head and shoulders, you know, the people who you aspire to here—the Amandas and Carlys and Marias and K-Money's and Marianne's and all these all these stud athletes, right? Kristen, in my opinion. Kristen and Maria, I mean, are just perfect examples. They are
2: just. Yeah, my wife, Kristen, is just phenomenal. <laughs>
0: <Plug>. <laughs> K-Money. K-Money. Yeah, 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 they're yeah. both really K fit. K-Money money, is, player, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable to watch because. They're very but virtuous. The thing that has been unbelievable about her to watch is she has never, ever been an overworker. She works almost the exact same amount now that she did in 2010. But, and this is the workout I always go back to. Back in like maybe 2012 or 2013, I programmed max kettlebell swings, one set. When you put it down, you're done. When you stop, you're done. Ouch. 53 and 35. I love those mental and physical ones though. We Ooh. had to tell her to stop at like 135.
2: Were her hands like bleeding and was she like shooting snot out of her nose? Like I feel.
0: As I remember it, I remember her being, you know, Breathing hard, grunting, making some noises, but generally being relatively calm and then just being like, K-Money, hey, class is moving on. We're moving on. Everybody's been done for two minutes. K-Money, it's
2: 6.35 a.m. You've been working much longer than you need to.
0: But that was always the way that she approached every class. You know, she has that famous exhausted pose at the end of every workout. And, you know, when we said, hey, I want you to push yourself as hard as you possibly can. I want you to give everything on this 500 meter row. I can't even, I can't say that I do that every, every time 500 meter rows program, I can't tell you, I give a hundred percent max effort and she does. And that's always been the difference. That's what's, you know, separate her. And she's just done it four to five days a week, every single week for 10 straight years. Um, and it's, it, I think that that's one of those things where she truly does maximize the hour. So she just doesn't need to do anything extra on top of the fact that she's also just like a freak
1: athlete. She's such a like they're she and Maria are so interesting to watch because they do. They absolutely dust everybody. They could use guys weights, still beat just about all the guys. And then like K Money always so laid back. She's the nicest person in the gym. You can tell she doesn't take it overly seriously. She was a hair hair's breadth away from making to the games last year. Like like somebody like in your midst who's absurdly competitive, who is among the fittest in the world in her age group. And she's like, yeah, hey, how's it going? You would just never know. And then Maria is the same thing where she'll just roast everybody, destroy everybody. And then she's laughing and joking and walking around, poking you and getting you with that, that that massage thing in your butt.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But Jeffrey, Jeffrey will tell you, he'll be the first one to say that's like what most attracts him to her is just her competitive nature. And I think that that's awesome. I think that that given your lifestyles, that's, that's pretty cool. That'll that'll carry you guys for a long time.
0: It's also unbelievably irritating when oh, she's yeah. that competitive and then doesn't sign up for the open appropriately. <laughs> Sco- screws our chances. team out of making regionals last year and herself I mean, out of making individual. I mean, regionals. Speaking
2: of rivalries, it, like you think Mitchell and I are bad, you should hear Jeff and Maria talk about workouts against each other. Where she yes. thinks she thinks she really has a bad. leg up on him, and he's just like Maria, you are absolutely fucking clueless. That is not the case at all. <laughs>
0: Well, and so there's, so back in the day, uh, Jackie was programmed as a regional workout and I think Kit and Maria did it as a team and Jenny did an individual, I did an individual that year. And so we had four people who had to practice Jackie a lot, like really hone it in. I mean, the difference in like five places was like five or 10 seconds in this. And so, and we were the last regional to go. So you could watch everybody's regional. And this is really where Maria made the turn from being just a I'm just screwing around, but I'm a pretty good athlete, to I'm actually like being competitive. It was like this moment when she got put on the regional team that year. And so we're practicing, we're practicing, and and we we do it one day. And I get like a I PR'd my time, I got like a 526 or something like that. And she PR'd her time at like 6.48, right? And so we had the big PR board out here one time and um, I had put that, my goal was to go sub 5.30 on Jackie. So I, I marked that one off and she just looks at me and she goes, one day I'm going to beat you in that workout. And I go, Maria, there is absolutely no chance in hell that you will ever beat me in a workout that has rowing in it it just isn't ever going to happen period and and so still to this day every time that we ever do Jackie, I go hey you going to get some 530 today you going to get it you still going to get it and <laughs> shut, shut up just shut up. up you know it's just like not, not happy uh, but obviously yeah. i mean she's she is way more fit than me she's way better at crossfit than i am at this point um but every now and again you're right i can i can still a sneak one by on her. I like more than anything when uh, she goes against Mitchell for two reasons. One, every now and again, like she'll beat Mitchell and then she just starts talking so much oh, yeah. shit to you. Yeah. I should, I, should, I should never beat you. Why would you let me beat you? You're she younger that to than me one day in a running too.
3: workout. And she lapped me and she goes, yeah, I should never beat you. Then I'm like, why? Like you're so fit. And she's like, oh, I'm out of shape. I'm like, no, you're not. She loves to say that about herself.
2: Man, that must infuriate people.
0: Yeah, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, hey, like, because you're, you're, oh my God, I'm out of shape. I had to break my bar muscle ups five, five today instead of wow. doing 10. Right. Like a, there's a bunch of people who would kill for a bar muscle up Again, and they're an- getting an- pretty pissed
2: person, off back there. She, she subscribes to the, the, the small marginal gains over time. Which I, which I think is the huge differentiator is, uh, and I've talked to a couple of people about this, you know, when you're that close to finishing a set or, you know, say it's, a, you know, a, a time-capped workout and you're like five reps away from finishing, don't put the bar down and just stop, just, just finish, you know, that's going to separate you over time. Over at Old Tangy Liberty, they used to say, that's what we call being an 11 when other programs are doing 10 reps and he's like, you're going to do 11 and we'll be that much better. That's why
3: We win everything over there.
2: That's right. Liberty, is just the powerhouse.
0: Well, <laughs> well and, <laughs> and uh, uh, I LCC. will say the, my, the bringing up, you know, Mitchell and how he came over earlier, the absolute best part of this was, and it reminds me, we were talking about Silicon Valley earlier. Reminds me when Jared Richard gets the intern and Jared just starts wearing him down. And he goes, yeah, I just chipped away everything that wasn't Richard's assistant and, uh, he's what's left. And it reminds me of Chris Sansbury and Mitchell for about the first year that he was here was Chris, oh, just every possible opportunity. Chris was partnered with Mitchell and it was just, do you remember that, uh, all over Oh, oh yeah. Like the, the row, him, row burpee,
3: me, him, Jordan, and Evan, Evan, and I remember him just putting me in in the men, ground. Men. Well, and
0: and Chris uh, Mitchell ended up being anchor, and Ooh, so he worse. had to close. And, then, well. and he and he let uh, Jordan and Evan sneak past him and beat him in the workout. And, and Chris was furious. Man, I would have and, loved if
2: future you just jumped out of like a time warp and just said, one day you'll be calling me a pillar of integrity and then just zoop back to the future. Just like, what would people be thinking at that point?
0: Well, and it was just funny because at the time, and Chris would tell you now, that he was probably a little bit over the deep end on, you know, competitiveness. That personal and, development? And per, yeah, like he- Keep himself to that level. Yeah, he's a little, he's, a, he's significantly more calm now.
2: Titus would not like that.
0: Um, but he, uh, but man, at that You know, it was great mentorship uh, for you, Mitchell. And I don't think you look back on it too. Like Mitchell always took it really, really well. I don't think a lot of people would have taken that well. And there were other people who were being quote unquote mentored in the same way at the same time that did not handle that very well. I
3: remember one day we did this. It was, I think it was 30 seconds on 30 seconds off. And he looks at me and goes, yeah, you're not allowed to bend over the whole time. Like you get off the bike, you have to stand up. And I'm like, seriously? And he goes, yeah. So I'm sitting there and I think it was maybe it was, it was a long time. And I'm shaking. Like, all I want to do is bend over. And he just, he's go. don't bend over. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I was like, man, those are the, those are the days right there.
0: Boy. Well, and that's one of those things where once you start getting into that path, though, I think that those are the things that really, you know, when you start looking at like for people who really want to start to push that performance oh, yeah. edge, that performance limit, I try to give little tips. Like as for people who I I know take it really seriously, I try to give those little tips all the time. You know, I did it. it Andy huge. always thinks about that one. Uh, there's that one 185 power clean workout and Andy re- now Andy really wanted to do singles and you just look at him right before I think it was like sets of 10 or something no, I remember right? yeah yeah there's just there's one choice here and yep. that is touch and go unbroken every single round Man. you you are not allowed to put it down and you could just tell like he just is like oh like really I don't really want to do that and you it just set, set your mind on that and the thing that's fun you know when you watch When you watch a Maria or a K-Money, the thing that I love is when that flip switches in their head and it hits that point where everybody knows how painful it is in that moment. And then you just see the flip switch to off their brain doesn't think anymore and they just like grind and start putting, putting that extra work yeah, in. They've and got it's great hard work faces. too. Yeah, well, I think
3: too is when you do stuff like that, right. If you're doing a workout and it's like 10 reps and you're like, I'm not putting this bar down. I think you do stuff like that enough. And then it eventually builds on top of it. And oh, I yeah. think that's yes. what builds like that mental capacity, that and confidence, workout confidence. Right? Like if you're doing a workout today and it's, you know, 24 kettlebell swings and you make the decision, I'm not putting this down regardless of what happens. Right. You do that. One day, the next day, and you push yourself a little farther, a little farther, a little farther. And it just keeps building on top of that. It's huge. I
1: think it's the opposite element of the rep shaving thing is the benefit of the group, right? So if you're by yourself, there's no reason to shave reps because there's nobody else there. You're not really competing against anyone. But when you're with a group, that changes a little bit. But at the same time it is the thing that leads you to not set the bar or the kettlebell or the jump rope down because you can see, I can see Mitchell or Eric out of the corner of my eye or Rye and they're not putting it down. So that means I can't put it down either. There's, there's a, there's a little magic, a there. Andy. You
3: can guarantee you I'm going to try my best to do it.
1: Yeah. That won't happen.
3: Yeah.
0: It's absolutely. I mean, and now if I have one like competitive goal in, in class, it's, it's to really fuck with Mitchell and Rye more than anything. Is like, Like if I get the opportunity, I am going to transition like uncomfortably fast in the first round. They're like, oh, wait, what the fuck? Why is he going so (laughs) fast? It's like he didn't take any fucking transition there or like try to go like uh, intentionally unbroken on something that normally like the smart move would be to do like fives or something. Just to start getting in their head, we're like, oh,
1: wait, fuck, he's that going, so, he's going up He doesn't to need do. any breaks. I just looked at him. He just I did that to
0: you on that one walking lunge workout where you were trying to catch me real hard. And like, I knew you were. And I was sitting there just like, ah, I'm just going to keep fucking with him. Had these like, super, like, I'm going to be sprinting to transitions. You ended up catching me at the end because I couldn't keep the walking lunges up.
1: I was sore for seven days. What I love, this is the first time this happened. Do you have the memory of an elephant. Like you could remember these workouts with specific, like each of us where you're like, remember, remember that one in June where I roasted you and you're like, it was a noon class now that you, yeah. Now that you mentioned it, I do remember, but you know, I, I didn't remember. So as a, you know, as
2: someone in class, like that has lived as the athlete and now coming more from the coaching perspective, one of my favorite things to do to play off Jeff is to go up to people that I know other people are looking up to and being like, Hey, you know, you're, you're a leader in this class and it's true. And you got to understand that people are watching you and, and that's, you know, Jeff's taking it from more of the comedic side. But, um, you know, I think it is fun to look to someone like that, help the class set the tone through that person. Um, but then to, you know, also like elbow someone in the gut and be like, you need to take this out uncomfortably fast to set the tone. Yeah. I mean, um, I got
0: last yesterday. Yeah, I, got, I, I, got, I, was I loved day, every second of it. It was hilarious. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, that like a sandbag. Well, and that's what Don's walking in for Thrive at 630. And I just look at her and I just go, hey, everybody's last some days. You know, it's like I, I wanted true. to, I really wanted to try to, to push myself on that sandbag, use that 210. Um, and, you know, it was... It was <laughs> Twelve round wrestling match,
2: just you know, just fighting that thing up and down the parking lot. By the line. way, I think I beat you in that workout. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I did yeah. get it up onto my shoulder though.
0: But I count a win in that workout by who wrote? I wrote a 125. Yeah. Uh-oh. It's, it's who, who could row Uh-oh. the lower number, and then eight that's seconds. the W. <laughs> Shoot.
3: And then it's did you finish. Well, I think like some that. days, I mean, I think like that's a great example. Like some days the goal for you could be I, I want to do all of these cleans unbroken. I don't care what the, what the other part of the workout's like. Or if Jeff's case, I want to row this, and I want to just pick up the red sand back. Who cares when I finish? I just want to do it. I think sometimes that's a great thing to do too, just not focus on the clock.
2: Who is, uh, who's your favorite person to just egg on in class, Mitchell? Like m- one of mine personally is, uh, we talk about this a lot is going up to Jeff Nelson on a running workout and being like, Nick Hey Smith, buddy, easily hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Nick's, he's, Nick's pretty easy to rope in. He's mine too. Nick's my favorite.
1: Oh my gosh. Cause he just, he goes so hard and you're like, and, and so I catch him a lot in six thirty, Right. So I'll see him usually twice a week and you, it just, he's, he is. He's such an animal. He's the king like, of talking Nick, strategy too. Nick, what are we going to do? We're going to push our fitness forward today. Yeah. And he just looks at you. He's like, I, I guess so. He always he has that like- little smile, <laughs> man. He's don't catch you
2: on the airdyne because he'll be like, how are you looping together these one eighty five cleans? And you're just like, I don't know. I didn't think about it. And he's like, well, I'm going to do five. So and you're just, you know, you're just yep. roped along for yeah, the ride.
0: You're roped along. Yeah, I, I like I mean, I like messing with the kids like I like messing with I like messing with Ry, yeah. like messing with Nathan. Don't say anything. I like, I like trying to, uh, you know, especially like in workouts, uh, you know, if I see Ry taking a long transition or, you know, I watch him, you know, he could be doing something faster or a little, little tip, little trick here or there. Um, you know, try to get him try to get him uncomfortable as much as possible. Um, I love doing it with Mitchell. Uh, but I think, yeah, man, Nick's, Nick's pretty fun. Yeah. Nick's definitely pretty fun.
1: Jeff, Jeff Nielsen's a good one. We have a great story. I think Ryan and I, we were in the same class and it was, it was a 20 minute workout of an, it was an AMRAP that started with a 400 meter run. And then you come in and it was a bunch of other stuff. Jeff balls. would probably I remember, remember the workout. You so, should talk to him about it. So it was last summer. I wasn't paying attention. It, it, it was the first, Is the first 400 meter run of this long workout johnny v was was famous for this yeah, he's another, he's another one, one that you could yeah. play you could play this he's not game dead, with. but r.i.p he moved on he moved yeah so. if he hears this somewhere johnny this was easy uh so jeff just turns to his his like the person next to him he goes yeah i'm just gonna smoke this first 400 and then we're looking at him like it's a 20 minute workout man that means you're gonna lose when you sprint this first 400 that means you're done and so and Johnny V would be, would do the first thing. It was last summer. You were Mitchell was coaching. It was a 330 class and it started. The buy-in was 50 pull-ups. So he looks at me. He's like, so how do you think you're going to do these pull-ups? And I was like, I don't know. I'm broken, I guess. <laughs> and he was like all right he's as serious as a heart attack he's like all right, like, all right. okay and just just shaking his head like backing off doing that johnny v walk where it's all lats where he's just he's giving it he's giving you that strut yeah, a, a little bit of a strut god he
2: was a panther in the jungle in here so
1: he's a he was a big guy and he didn't get 50 pull-ups i don't think he got 20 he his best though and it took him like five minutes to get to 50 because he just broke it up totally wrong and he just roasted himself for the rest of the time yeah
0: yeah. He was, you could really egg him, but he had an unbelievable engine. I mean, that one day where, you know, we had to run one mile in, I think a hundred pushups or something like that after. He goes out and, and runs like that. a five Oh two. And I'm just like, uh, Jenny's like on him on his push-ups, Right. And I'm just like, about it. I'm like, Jenny, who cares? Like he just ran a five Oh two. He's going to be fried. Like I'm surprised he can even walk right now. A
1: Five Oh two on our course, not a five Oh two, even on a track. Yeah. Like where you have yeah. to, come Which to dead be Scott's like, thoughts, yeah, like a four forty yeah, you're, <laughs> you're out there dodging <laughs> potholes, you're slipping out, sca- on gravel, watching for minivans
2: in the front room <laughs> furnishing lot. It's just like, Check yourself out in the the window though, with your shirt off. I look
1: pretty good. You have to. He's a
0: great example of somebody though, where like, I mean, he was as hardworking and self-motivated as they came in terms of like, just the mentality that he came into every day was, that was just like, uh, like always positive. I'm here to have a great time, but I am going to throttle myself. Like I am absolutely going to, I'm here to work and watch me work. Like it's time, time to go. And so you got to love that mentality. I think when we get that as coaches, you know, and all these people that we're talking about, like in this mentality, it's it's people who are willing to do stuff. That's you know what we would say if we were competing. Yeah, that was that was stupid. That was borderline stupid. At the price, <laughs> at the price of you know training value and uh, and putting on a little show. But the uh, you know the the best thing I think for some people as it pertains to that is. How do you guys feel like you like to push? Let's say maybe somebody let's so let's say somebody comes up to you Andy, and is like, is like, hey, I'm thinking about maybe doing RX weights on this. What's your mentality with somebody coming up to you and wanting to push that pedal down a little bit harder? And like that first little thing, like I always think of your wife when we were doing. I think it was like her first day. It was like split jerks or something. And I was just like, "Yeah, like go ahead, put a little more weight on, and you could just tell her face was like, really? like really, like what would you say is your favorite thing to watch people kind of get there first?
2: Up? Oh man, there's so many good ones uh you know it's actually this past week when Coach Eric did a great job last night dealing out sandbags for that workout. Uh, a couple newer people are in that six thirty class, um, and I think when when you realize." that you're capable of doing something like that, especially a skill like that, that's so transferable to real life. Um, You know, I think Kimmy walked in, uh, Emily Jacobson walked in after their walk and they were like, whoa, like I did not know I can do that in their face. Once they were done, I'm like, that's essential nervous system talking to you, sweetheart. That was great. So that's a really good one to see. I think just empowering uh, like, people who might not believe in themselves that they're that strong. And, and there's another great story. We were talking about this the other day with, you know, uh, our boy, Matty Perekka, who was here over the summer where like visually it was intimidating, but it was lighter than one that he had tried. And that, and that's where the sandbags, like it becomes such a toss up. It's like, well, this one, this one looks pretty small. I'm going to try this one. And you know, it becomes a mind game at that point.
3: Well, I think, too, speaking of the sandbag thing, I told people yesterday in class, I was like, I want you to pick a sandbag that you get to the end of the parking lot. And you're like, I literally don't know if I'm going to be able to turn around and bring this thing back. And half the people did it. And they get out there and look at me and go, well, I'm not going to be able to do it. And I go, well, you have no choice because you're going to have to pick it up and go and come back with it. So then all they all did it and they all come back. And I go, I told you so. If, uh, speaking
2: of the movements, though, if I had to guess Mitchell's, uh, Mitchell moves so well. Now, I'm going to guess yours. I would say it has to be like a smooth, clean or a snatch where you just get that like oh, yeah. right into the
3: hip crease. Oh, what, what's like, your thoughts? It's like a golf swing, right? You, yeah. when you hit the ball like super flush. It's like getting a cleaner snatch. You just know. But I think for some people, right, they do that once and the confidence shoots through the roof. And it's so huge for them because they have a kind of that breakthrough. I'm like, I looked. at my like, I told you you could do it. And then that carries over to pretty much everything you do, maybe outside of the gym as well. Yeah.
0: I used to live in on, on, ramping, you know, day one. And for a lot of people, for us, it's still deadlift. And I would just, I just keep slapping on bumpers like, Oh, it looks good. We're going to keep going up. And people would be like, uh, I'm like, no, you're good. Form's great. I'll tell you when your form's getting bad. And I'll, 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 I'll quit for you. And, and so that just keeps slapping on. And then like in, you know, they hit the lift, they hit three. And then immediately I'm like into conversation. We're talking, talking about something else. And then I'd like, look at the clock and be like, all right, you're up. Give me three and you know they'd be like ah and they just don't even think and then you lift three and then it's like all right add a little more weight talk 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 yeah tell me about your wife yeah what's what do you do for work oh cool yeah all right you owe me three give me three and uh and then you just all of a sudden then like you start to see and, and then they're like and they they drop it and they're like all oh, red in the face they're like all right i think i'm good i'm like yeah you are good i'm like that was good you did a great job really good form really proud of you you know that's 210 pounds and then you see their face and they're like holy shit, really? Like, are you serious? Or like, you know, you get women where let's say, you know, Hey, that's, that's your, that's like five pounds over your body weight. That's, that's 160 pounds. And they're like, are you serious? Like as my my mom, first thing as like first day she had, I told her what it was. She's like, are you, are you serious? I go, yeah. Like you're way more capable to lift a lot more weight than you think. And we were watching Seinfeld a few days ago and they were talking about, they were describing a strong person. They go, I've seen him lift a hundred pounds straight over his head. And I was just like, well, that's not, I mean, that's not strong. Like that's, that's easy, (laughs) you know?
2: It's so funny how the mind plays games with you when you're doing that stuff. And I've had so many conversations with people when they're working with partners and people are slapping on weight and they're getting caught up in the vibe, which I think is so awesome. Like, especially if you get someone new in here working with a veteran or, uh, you know, someone with a coach and you're just slapping weight on, you're in the heat of the moment, the music's blaring, the garage doors are open. Next thing you know, you're you're like power cleaning the most you ever have in your entire career. And you, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, where are we at? And you're like, oh, it's like. Two hundred seventy five, three hundred pounds. You're like, what the hell did yeah, I? Didn't you PR
0: your power clean with me one time? That like was that it. That's the exact yeah. scenario
2: I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's absolutely wild. So I think there's so much magic in that. And It's almost like if you're that type of person, find someone that's going to push you and have them control the weight a little bit, watch you, and just you know dictate where you go. Well, I think
3: that's like people yesterday with like the sandbag, right? If they don't even know what the weight is, and you just tell them to pick it up, that's the thing too. But yeah. the story, story I was going to tell. So like <clears throat> my brother, right, hurt his knee. Same thing kind of with the weight thing. He was always, like, real – he plays the cross, and he was real reluctant to, like, really push it, and he, like, didn't know, and then he ended up getting some tests on it. They're like, there's nothing wrong with it. He's still like, eh. and then all of a sudden he he sees to himself, he gets, like – he sees the picture that his ACL is not torn. There's nothing wrong with him. The next week he comes out, knee braces off. He's running around the field like it's crazy, and in his mind all he needed was to get over that hurdle of, like, oh, wow, there's nothing wrong with me. Or, like, for some people – just power clean it. You don't, you don't even know, you don't even think about it. You just do it. And then you get over that hurdle in your mind. That's such a huge thing for so many people.
2: That would be such a good story if his ACL actually was blown and the doctor showed him like a different like screen. Yeah. That of would course, be a knock on wood, but he was like, Hey man, you're fine. Go out hey, there. You're and fine. Run. Go he's out still, and play on it. He's still down. Now, now
0: his knee feels, feels quote unquote great. And last <laughs> week he awesome. could walk. walk. I mean, I think that that's, I, it, to totally take a different path on that. I mean, I think it's super true. There's so many people who come in sometimes and you know, doctor will do like a, some sort of a preliminary test and it's like, oh, you've got some knee pain. Like, I think we should do an x-ray. I think we should do an MRI. You might have a this, you might have a that. And people come in and they're like, oh, well, you know, doctor said, you know, I can never lift weights again. I should not be squatting. I should definitely be quitting crossbow. I should never run. I should never do this. And it's like, and you're just like, well, like, wait, what? You're like 25 years old. Why, why? How are you going to
2: live the rest uh, of your life?
0: Yeah. That's, that's so bizarre. That's such like a weird thing to say. And, and, and then sometimes like they'll, they'll go and see, you know, Ed or Jenny or something like that. And they'll be like, oh yeah, doctor said I have a torn meniscus. And literally you'll just see them go, oh yeah, yeah. Like 80% of people have torn meniscus. So you're, you're fine. You're fine. You'll be fine. Not a big deal at all. And it's just like, and in, in you're, you know, obviously that can be a big deal, but it's one of those things where I think a lot of times people hear something or mm-hmm. even think something or feel something. Like sometimes there's that like, Oh, something's wrong with me. You know, this is the, the John Sandsbury as it pertains to sickness. John will always be like, I don't get sick because I don't ever think I'm sick. And I'm just like, I'm not sure that's the way <laughs> that's that
2: incredible. works. and like, it's like, yeah. it's, it, it's not a lie. If yeah. you yeah. believe it's true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for <laughs> it's, it's sure. So yep. funny.
0: Yep. And so, uh, So, you know, it's, but it is, I mean, a big part of that stuff is super mental. And so I, I, I do sort of prescribe to the sickness thing a little bit until I got, you know, the the Norovirus (laughs) that year. And then it's like, you're like thrown up 50 times. You're basically like on your deathbed in 24 hours and having to go to the ER. It's like, okay, now that's actually sickness. I don't think I could have mentally worked my way out of that one.
2: Um, Are you hurt or injured? (laughs) That's right. What is it?
0: Yeah. And so, you know, I think that that mentality as it pertains to, strength carries over exactly the same in mean, what you believe about yourself as it pertains to you know, injury or pain or this or that. And uh, it's always interesting for us because I think now we get a lot more people who you know aren't athletes or have no athletic backgrounds. And so they don't have a real concept of what is hurt, what is injured. And all of you guys played sports growing up and I'm sure all you guys were dinged up or broke bones or had twisted ankles or sprains or this and that. And so you have a little bit of a better idea. Uh, how do you guys feel like you know, you would take, or you guys take some of that stuff is, you know, are you going to take everything as, you know, okay, this is something that we definitely need to watch. Or do you guys feel like a lot of times you're like, ah, you know, you're fine. Let's test it. Let's see kind of how it's going.
3: I'm big on like to test it. Like for me personally, like if it, if it feels all right, like I'm going to give it a go and see what it's like. And it's a little different because I'm a little younger and I got a little, I don't have much to lose. And I'll, I'm not, I'm kind of fearless I'm risking it all out here like the that. Parents, <laughs> healthcare yeah, and all that. Exactly. <laughs> so, but I think for some people, I think it depends. Like, I think it's good to kind of test it a little bit and see. I mean, I don't know what you guys think about that. That's kind of where I am.
2: Yeah, I definitely, it's, you know, my, my career wasn't very, um, it wasn't too, Incredible by any extent, with is in, in terms of injuries as well. Uh, you know, I only at one point like had a strained meniscus, tear, like you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but with that being said, is like you know, at that point, you're a lot younger, you have to be careful about those things in high school, but here on uh, in the CrossFit world, it, it happens a lot. And oh, I yeah. think that you have to be aware that you know, f- your functionality, your fitness shouldn't really stop because x is happening to you or you know you shouldn't take one opinion from a physician and then just you know use that as dogma yeah you know going out testing it out uh, and i think we see that a lot in here and that's it, it really honestly starts to play a toll on people mentally um and just understanding that you know you can that you should take that as an opportunity to be a why did this happen in the first place yeah i think that's and a then, great point and then b work to work like relentlessly to fix that. So it doesn't happen again. Cause a lot of that stuff is just, you know, movement related. And why did that happen in the first place? Um, so I kind of subscribed to that and that, that happened to me one time with, my low back when, you know, I, believe it or not, it was during a bench press workout when I was dropping into a gym in Cleveland. I just like absolutely just arched to try and like get this thing off my body. Next thing you know, like I strained my low back and you know, I was like really bothered by that. It was, I think it was right about the time. was I that when you were here. laying on the box during that hero? Workout? It was shortly thereafter. <laughs> yeah I Um, so, and, the, but like, you know, what I found out was, you know, I wasn't bracing at all. I was really just losing my, my, my midline. Shout out Jordan. If you're listening to this, the bracing king. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I think like, again, so it's, that was a very long winded response, but basically, you know, moving past that initial pain, working
1: with someone to figure out how you can overcome that and evaluate where, where it began. I think I'm probably somewhere in the middle between the two of you. So, uh, I've never had major, major injuries. I tore my bicep and that's not a fun Injury in, in terms of both when it happens and then the recovery is long and slow. It was my dominant hand too. So it's hard to do a whole lot of stuff. What age did that happen? I had uh, I was 30 your age, man. Yeah. This is, yeah. Uh, just about six years ago It was the summer of when I was 30. Mm-hmm. So whenever that was 13, maybe, um, so those things happen it does make you a little leery. So even now I'm I'm leery about doing that movement because I did it doing curls. So anytime you go back you have this little flashback and you think every time you're like is it going to pop again? Can you mimic yeah. the noise that you made when that happened? I didn't I actually didn't make noise. So I was in a I was wow, in a, a conventional man. gym uh, still very much in that part of my life doing very much bodybuilding things. Um, and I remember do, I was doing preacher curls and I just felt it pop. And my arm lost all of its strength. So I was doing so – is it dropped down and my arm was straight. And you know, like, it hurts. You know, it was like, oh, that's not good. And then I looked and I could see it looked like a, like a piece of my arm had gotten blown off. So I started to – I don't have a good stomach for that kind of stuff. So oh, I started no. to feel really sick. So I ripped my um, headphones off, basically dropped the dumbbell and, and – pretty much ran outside little caveat i was visiting this gym i hadn't joined yet i was trying a workout luckily they had me sign a waiver oh, a waiver <laughs> oh. i was gonna say yeah, yeah. i mean it, it, it even if i hadn't i w- it wouldn't have sued them because it's not their fault it's no. my fault well, they weren't watching you and you um, were clearly yeah. in there just yes, no one was spotting me pure negligence so yeah it just made me feel super sick i thought i was gonna throw up um and i left after that And i knew on the way home like i couldn't put my seatbelt on like I couldn't put an ice cube tray back in the freezer. Um, So those things leave you pretty leery and scared at the same time. um, Like my shoulder has been hurting, but it's, it it gets hurt sometimes when I do a lot of horizontal pressing and it's happened before. So I know that I kind of just need to rest it and not do things like muscle ups and stuff like that till it feels better. So you just the age part where you get a little smarter know that yeah you might have to miss an open workout or two but who cares you know yeah. that week i could try it later yeah. live to so live to fight another day i think it's mentality. that that thing there's a fine line between being a baby and just saying like well i'm just not feeling it and then saying like you're legitimately this isn't a good idea for you to do this
0: yeah and we talked about that a little bit during the open this year and i think sometimes that's the you know this is the first year where I didn't do an open. This is the first open workout ever. That last one that I didn't do. This is just like shoulder back. Stuff's not feeling good. Just got back off vacation. The, this has all the risk to be terrible. And there's literally no reward. <laughs> and so it's like, all right, I'm just going to go ahead and we'll, we'll call this one be smarter, not harder. And I think that is something that, you know, you're going to the more experience you get with some of those, the more more things that you push the envelope on and you do realize that Pushing the envelope made something that would have been fine in three days. It made it last three months, you know, and I haven't had it, you know, yet. I've had times where I didn't have a good workout for six months because because you just kept going. I just kept going. It's like you just keep. All right, let's see. Oh, let's loosen it up and see how much warm up I could do. And I used to warm up for an hour and a half sometimes because it just took me that long to feel back to somewhat normal. And that's like, by the time you cool back down, then you're barely able to get off your couch.
2: Yeah. Isn't there that like mantra where motion is lotion. So as you move, if it feels better, that's what you should be doing. But as you move, if it feels worse, you should definitely not do that. Um, as in like squatting with a knee or for me right now, it's my, my elbows a little banged up, but as I move, it feels great. And I think 105 chest of bars actually helped a ton. It's been feeling really great since then. Um, but, you know, this actually makes me think of this, like, really profound statement. I've been telling a couple of members here about it, uh, our friends, that we, clients, that we... Um,
0: the Ohio tax band is listening. We do not sell memberships. We do not have members. Please edit that out. Uh,
2: <laughs> that, uh, you know, our our heart... Doesn't lose capacity to perform over time. It's actually our our casing that we have, our body, our joints, our ligaments. Actually, the 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 more we neglect taking care of those, the the more we put ourselves at risk to not participate to our heart's full capacity. So really focusing on that recovery, taking days yeah. off and God, doing raw so wad important. and taking yeah. yeah, I'm looking at you, Coach Ryan. you I got better. Off, I
1: took I've taken two days yeah. off
2: this week. All right, because his shoulders bothering wow. him. That's yeah, probably maybe. why whatever. Yeah. That's big for you. <laughs> you know, eating <laughs> carbohydrate. That's a and I'm just but like taking care of your body and stretching and and listening to your body most importantly. Um, and you know I even told someone the other day, I'm like, you know, train intelligently. Maybe you're already great at wall balls and doing a hundred wall balls this week isn't in your cards and really not something you need to be doing. So take that day off and, and, you know, live to live to lift another day.
3: Well, I think for some people, I think, God, that is so important that like, you know, I like the idea of you like finding the root cause of the injury. I think that's a great thing. Like if your knee hurts, figure out why your knee hurts. Maybe it's because the way you're squatting or whatever, but taking a couple of days off, maybe take a week out of the gym, go ride your bike, go hike. Go play with, go Enjoy walk the your dog, or do wild. something, right? I think sometimes just coming in here and just kind of pounding yourself isn't the best thing. I think sometimes taking some days off, taking a little rest mentally and physically is the best healer that you can do. It well, took so. Ryan and
1: I a while to figure that out, I think. And we had enough conversations in the evening. Like, boy, I took... After I took Tuesday off, I felt way better. And then it it takes you a few times to wait a concept. Wait a minute, dummy. That means you should take more rest days. (laughs) You know, I think that's the thing. It's like if you're not excited to come to the gym, I can always tell if I'm not excited. And I don't mean coming like to work. I mean, come to work out. Like if I'm not excited to do the workout and or you're in the middle of the workout and you don't have the extra gear, you can see Mitchell going farther and farther in front of you and you can't stay up with like Andy catch up with him. Like,
0: oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, been
1: there. That usually means that you need to. It's been too long and your central nervous system is zapped and you need to take a rest day. And so there's there's something to be said. So many that. components. to that. So maybe to wrap up. Assuming people are still listening, and if they are, well, I'm glad you've lot of free God time. That's you. great. God, yeah. Say
0: "baba buoy" to us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we're at the right at the cusp of seasonal change, right? Like we've had we've had a little bit of nice weather, but we haven't had that first like seventy five degree and sunny day yet. We're like the testosterone is flowing; people are already taking their shirts off. Even when it's still like fifty eight in the gym, but you know those days were like you're really feeling great and it feels like spring and you're alive so what are you, what workouts movements uh events are you guys excited for over i don't know the next month or so
3: i know for me i mean I, I love running so i always tell people this like when i was in high school i was the worst runner of all time i remember in practice one time in lacrosse i finished first in the sprints and we had to do it again because i was such a bad runner So, like, I actually thoroughly enjoy it a lot now, and I love, like, we did that workout with pull-ups and running the other day. Loved it. Loved it. So, I can't wait to get out there and run. And I like when it's hot, too. I like when you sweat. Sweat's pouring in your eyes, and it's real hot. I can't wait to get out do some good running workouts out, outside. Out
2: those Dan Bailey That's sunglasses right. you have. And
3: <laughs> classic
2: Dan Bailey-Pakowski <laughs> matchup. Laugh Andy at least four times. No, no, no. Uh, no, I, I mean, don't know I, about that one. Oh, man. It's just, I am so excited for- Oh, in the turf. The, 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 yeah, the current changes that we're making to the facility. I think it's a everyone should thank, and it's a true testament to uh, Jeff and Grant reinvesting in the facility. And if you've been here in the last few days, you've seen that we've leveled the whole back area. And honestly, it's like- wow, I had no idea we had that much room to work with. So I'm excited for those rail cars to go down, uh, to get some turf down, uh, spend a lot of time out there this summer in terms of spike ball, uh, in terms of just leading full classes out there on the turf if we can. Um, you know, but, but most importantly, seeing those who've worked very hard over the winter time, pop the tops for the first time. I really thought you were going to segue this into like the title that we talked about, potentially shaving reps, shaving your body, manscaping for the summer. I think oh it's, a, it's a smart,
1: if you're going to take your shirt off, it, that's a smart move. Like I it's, have a, it d- you is like it a though? weird, all right, list. let's
2: dive into shaving.
1: I was going to, thank
2: you. This is how I wanted to end it because what's, what's the right, Answer because it, it can be viewed
1: very you're manly. You're looking at me like I know. I'm looking to you. Well, you're a better you, looking guy, you're chiseled out of marble. But you, I don't I've, think I have a but hair on your terrible body. hygiene. I look like shit every so day. Like this is it is, it
0: is very very important to take stock of what your body hair looks like. There is acceptable body hair and there is unacceptable
1: body hair. Like there's your, a lot of shit. What about shapes. like on your like? I I think the tough ones are like the top of your mid back that's yeah. a, yeah. yeah. back, you yeah. a tough it one like your yep. low that's back your low back and or if you have it on your upper arm weird like the upper outside of your arm like that's not not great it,
0: it's been a real a super tough uh, realization to me I had my first like back hairs last year and I literally I saw them one day in the mirror and I thought I was dirty and I like went and I like went to wipe it off and I'm like wait what the fuck <laughs> that's hair I, I'm like this is this is horrible is that
2: testament to your T levels like? I
0: don't know man I, and so it's right the spot where barbell back squats have probably been like keeping me completely like stripped there for years just like like a clean strips your leg hair from there yeah um and so i've been having barbell sitting on that back but i don't do much back rack stuff anymore because it messes with my back so bad so i haven't had a bar on there forever and so now that's right where like hair is going and it is horrible. Uh And it's also a hard spot to shave. So it's literally like, I haven't, I I haven't tagged her in yet, but it's going to be coming. If I'm going to be popping the top this summer,
2: I'm going to have to do a little trim work there. So, yeah, I think I'm, I think I would view it more as I think most guys and, and women, you know, they, we're not going to segregate here with that, with the body hair, but like, you should have a pretty good pulse on what your body's looking like in terms of the hair. Right. You, I think you need to keep it somewhat well-kempt Right. So a little bit of manicuring can go a long way. Um, but, you know, I think there's a there's a nice even amount that you should be able to deal with where you like you kind of look like, oh, he's you know, he's he's dealing with a little bit over here or wow. That's just like the burly forest going on. And like it's like that scene from uh, what's that movie with uh so uh, along came Polly, where they're playing basketball and Ben Stiller's face just gets right onto that guy's stomach covered in hair and sweat. It's like, that's what I see when you get so wet, it becomes like longer.
0: That's when <laughs> what, you know what you're are you talking too about much. Right yeah, he's, no, I'm, he, I'm, I'm, picking, so I'm picking up when he's <laughs> bad <laughs> out and it's bad. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. I think if nothing else, I think you start to pay more attention to it in the summertime. Yeah. yeah you know, like, like so, wintertime. You know, if you're going to go through like a bulking season or whatever, or just you pay less attention to your diet, there's a moment and it's probably happening right around now where you think to yourself, all Uh, right, uh it's going to start to get hot out and I need to start to dial things back a little bit just because you know there's going to be that day and I love these days I love I love when it's a furnace in here when you're just you are soaked like we did the unknowns oh on Memorial Lord. Day.
0: You guys are all fucking crazy. It's awful. I, I love it. it. And the PTSD you just, I use, that's that the most
1: I very rarely use chalk like people your chronic chalk users. I use very little and I I had like a bucket next to me that day and I was just making paste over there because it was so sweaty but I love it. However if you're going to take your shirt off you know, other than waiting obviously, do you have the right amount of pump? You know what I mean? Like you're not going to not not right you when don't the workout do it right starts. The so you're going to get Which a couple Which always blows my mind when people
2: do. I'm like, "Damn, that is a confident person." Didn't
1: Omar say something like that to you? One yeah, time he just goes, "He's eh, so, silently so good at doing know, it." You know.
2: I wait until it's the next rep <laughs> and then I get the right pump. <laughs> And then he then he'll pop his chest
1: and then go in the go in the
2: equipment room and hit some hammer curls to make sure everyone's on notice. I think everybody just just dials their uh,
1: dials the old diet in,
2: yeah. a little bit. I mean, and then on the same vein, I think it's important to talk and just be aware of just you know the deodorant piece as we're coming into it. You know, just be a be a friendly friend and just make sure you're t- staying on top of that stuff too. Yeah,
0: hey, my uh, so gym bag hey, absolute essentials two two essentials. Well, for me, three three essentials to a good gym bag. Right, hey, gotta nice. have deodorant gotta have i i upgraded to this um uh what's the the men's care company i can't think of it off the top of my head it's not gillette it's something else but uh yeah. no nah, it's like so anyway it's a it's it's like a talc powder uh that has like a little cooling effect to it gold and then gold f- bond. but it's not gold bond it's a it's a it's a it's a mo- more modern you manly are, take you are on dancing
2: that. with the devil if you throw that into your underwear that is that is a bold move. Yeah, that's
0: Gold Bond's too too hardcore. Okay. It's it's like it's it's similar, but it's just a step back Why from Why is that. that
1: hardcore? I have yeah. to do that. I chafe like an animal. No, 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 So baby powder is great. Soft. Baby powder is fine. I'm just
0: saying but like you, sometimes you can get those like extra the, yeah, the menthol what I got to watch out for. It feels,
2: it feels like the peak of the Alps in between your legs. That's yeah. What it's sometimes like. it's like wow. too sometimes it's
0: too much. It's yeah. way too much. Like I agree York with that. Like
2: peppermint patty commercial between the knees.
0: Yeah. It's like in yeah and then open your legs to the
2: freezer. That's what it feels like.
0: And then, uh, and then, you know, toothbrush, toothbrush, toothpaste, and you're just bing, boom. And and so that way, you know, for me, especially, and, and not a lot of people that, you know, come here work outside, but, you know, if I coach, I mean, those of you who have seen me coach in the summer, I'm going through now. I, right I am. I am. I am down halfway to my 62
2: degrees. Just, coaching just sitting <laughs> here talking.
0: Yeah. 68, <laughs> calm down. Uh, but yeah, so it's like, so, you know, about halfway through the day, a little quick touch up. Right. And then you're good to go from there. I think that that stuff is number one, you feel way better. And, oh, yeah. uh, and then number two, you know, obviously, I, I like to try to be cordial for all interactions that are happening
2: in the afternoon. Yeah, I, I carry my my DOP kit here for sure. You know, you spend long hours here. I, I go through two to three shirts easily on a summer day. I'm excited to you know use the AC a little bit more this year, which yep. which we're yep. going to dedicate to you guys in the community. Um, but for me, you know, I need a comb and some hair gel oh in the summertime too. Every once in a while, just put the oh, thing when you back have blonde hair. Place. It's not going to matter. <laughs> yeah, the bleach will hold it into place.
0: Yeah, yeah you're gonna be rock, rock solid hair no bleach or it's no, uh, be no May. do it again
2: it's gonna be me
0: he's got it he's getting it down oh We're yeah ready yeah i like it all right manscaping great way to uh end the conversation uh definitively uh if i have to say you know i think i think take the chest hair down a touch i yep. don't think that it should be curling on you too much that's what's in that and, yeah, and then uh, and then you know keep the keep the happy trail trimmed up. Nothing too long that's rolling into the belly button there. And then I think we all agree anything back neck,
3: yeah, trail, uh, yeah. low
0: back up, back shoulder, all that's got to go. Got to go. Got to
2: be clean. And I, I would love some feedback from people in the gym. Come up to us, tell us what your preference is. You know, we can make sure it just gets out there on the, at the community, so we can make sure everyone's you know looking good and looking looking aerodynamic for yeah. the summer well, I And think, i think
0: we can keep a running commentary going on what omar's doing at any given time right because he's he's his sort of a, a hair leader in yeah. the community with what he's doing up top what he's doing with his beard what he's doing with his body hair absolutely a lot yeah. to work with there
2: yeah you can always tell too when he comes in you know freshly shaven right around right around the uh the arnold too was fantastic he was oh, like yeah. a baby that's yes. the height oh my that's gosh good story for another time that is. But, uh, you know, I, I, love how we ended this today. Cause that, I think that was a true kind of snapshot into the conversations of the coaching room.
1: Yeah. If you have stuff that you want us, if you want us to talk about, basically come and find one of the four of us. And, uh, and unless it's stupid, we'll talk about it.
0: It's all stupid. The, yeah, the better. Yeah, than I, I was going to say, we could sit here. We could talk about what the best candy bar is real quick. Go. Uh, Snickers.
2: Oh, gosh. Dude, I'm a dietitian. I don't know. Oh, my. Oh, Oh, my God. That was the biggest bar. bullshit, bullshit answer. I mean, I'll, I'll, like, I like Reese's
3: Pieces, There you go. a candy That's bar. Right. Well, yeah, it is. There is one. There is a Reese's Pieces candy bar.
1: Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, or at this time of the year, the eggs. Oh, the eggs. yeah.
3: Oh. All right. I'm a Three Musketeers
0: guy through and through. Ew, what? The nougat? Yeah. Wow.